Good morning. We're now lesson 12. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, please. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Brother Kelly is passing out our notes. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. And verse number 1. We'll cover 1 to verse number 14. I might not read it all right now. Uh, we'll just go through our lesson, and they would refer them these verses. So just be be aware of Second Corinthians, chapter number eight, verse number one to fourteen. Good morning. Lesson twelve is real giving. Lesson 12 is real giving. I couldn't time it myself. As you know, we've been doing this lesson for since, maybe two years ago. And I just, I'm sorry, I'm I'm trying to clean things up around here. Uh, it uh, It has landed us on our last Sunday of our Stewardship Month into this lesson. And you know me, we're not going to finish today. But uh, it's pretty neat. All right, I'm sure we're there. Second Corinthians 8. Let's pray. Lord, we come today wanting something from you. Lord, we come in formality, and Lord, we do that because we want to show you that you are worthy of our best. But Lord, we want to learn. This is, you call it, the place that the truth is found, the ground and pillar of the truth, your church. And Lord, as we're looking at different principles of your word, we come to the giving principle. And Lord, help me as I teach this lesson. Thank you for your truth, Lord, unchanging. And Lord, I pray that uh, you'd give me wisdom and you give me guidance Uh, And help me to be simply an instrument. Lord, may you be the one to teach us. Holy Ghost, Lord, as you are the master teacher, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to bestow upon us your wisdom. And Lord, help those that are listening and those that might be listening on live stream. As some of our people, Lord, are not feeling well. I've just heard, I think, of Brother Frank Brown, Lord, that he's not feeling well. He's not even in the building. Lord, help him to feel better. And Lord, again, for those that maybe I am unaware of that are not feeling well, help them. Lord, I pray for those that are here this morning. Lord, as some of us are accustomed to being in church on Sunday school. Lord, I pray today that you make it something that we will not forget. Lord, I pray that it would be something memorable. Lord, I pray that our hearts would have been ready. Lord, we would have thought about uh, this morning. And Lord, we have some preparation in our hearts And some of us uh, are accustomed to doing that. Lord, thank you that your house is open for us. And Lord, that we can come. Lord, there's many needs that I'm aware of, Lord, of people that are in serious sickness. I think of Miss Monique. Lord, I pray for her. I pray for Miss Shiloh. Lord, I pray also uh, for Miss Heppen. Lord, these dear missionaries, wives, Lord, and Miss Monique, single uh, missionary, Lord, help them 
as they're battling through some very serious things. Help their families. Give them encouragement and strength. Lord, pray for our people. Lord, that uh, we would be ready, Lord, for today. Calm our minds, calm our hearts, and help us to be receptive, Lord, and help us uh, to say at the end of the day, it was good for us to be in your house. Lord, bless again. In Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen and amen. In way of introduction, uh, perhaps one of the most rigorous tests of authenticity in the local church is our financial giving and the heart from which we give. It's a true sign of real worship. And so I pray that uh, uh, some of the truths that is covered in this lesson, I was unaware of it. I preached a lot of it last week, and so we're going to go moving right along. I'm hoping you were here last Sunday morning. But uh, since this area is close to our heart, and it's a good gauge to know how real your Christianity it is. And uh, Jesus proved his, his heart by giving his best. Uh, he did not give a second rate, uh, and he did not send somebody else. He came himself, and he died, and he shed his own blood for you and for I. And so he has already proven his sincerity. He has already proven his genuine heart towards us. And that how he walked away from heaven and gave his dear life for you. And so the test now is you. And so the idea of real giving is really, really, really uh, a test. And it'd be something you yourself uh, should take a part in self-examining and uh, identify if your Christianity is for real. One of the most fundamental truths of Christian giving is that giving is not a debt you owe, but a seed you sow. One of the most fundamental truths of Christian giving is that giving is not a debt you owe, but a seed you sow. Paul had apparently written a letter to the churches of Macedonia and Corinth to tell them of the desperate need in Jerusalem. So we find 2 Corinthians and 1 Corinthians, some of those truths here that reflect that truth that uh, Jerusalem was suffering through persecution and thus there was deaths of the membership. And remember in Acts how... How huge, how huge that church was. At one point in Acts 2.41, we find that 3,000 souls was added to the church. So it was a big church. But because of persecution, as it says in Acts 8.1, the dispersion of the people, the church of God, and so the church of Jerusalem come into a financial crisis, losing people through persecution, and leaving, uh, and then others dying because of persecution had left the Jerusalem church in financial trouble. And you find some truths of that where Paul, uh, he encouraged Corinth. Now, Corinth, you're going to find that Corinth is, a, is in the place of uh, very, very, very 
financial ability. They were, they were very, very affluent people in Corinth. It's a bustling city. And the church of Corinth has money, at least people that have beans. And so he encouraged them to, to help the people of Jerusalem. And so he wrote to the people of Macedonia, and we find those verses in Philippians, because Philippi was one of the Macedonian churches, all right? So you understand that context of here. <clears throat> the churches of Macedonia, which were also quite needy, uh, as contrast to Corinth, they were very poor, they're needy, they responded generously. While the church at Corinth, in a more affluent city, had been large, largely indifferent to serious giving. And I was mentioned this last week. It's not the amount that matters in giving. It's the heart. It's the heart. And we'll find that in these lessons. So let's go right away to point number one. Surprised you, huh? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> We're moving right along. Your first blank there is passion. Their passion for giving. Can't help uh, the idea of giving without talking about passion. Why? Because it's from the heart. From the heart. And so passion will come. It will come because it's from the heart. The Macedonian Christian gave from a passionate heart. This wasn't giving that was prompted by guilt or the expectation of others. They were not motivated by guilt or the expectation of other people. They had it in them. And they had passion behind it. Now, let's go to our reference here. I already prayed, so let's move right along. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse number 1. Notice, it's in your notes. I'll read it from the Bible. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Make a note of this. It says, look at how God's grace enabled the people and the churches that are in Macedonia. Take note. Wit is the idea of paying attention or knowing, having knowledge of. Verse 2, how that in the great trial of affliction, and it's almost contradictory if you're looking at it from a human perspective and just simply from human resource. But look at, look at verse 2, how that in the great trial of affliction, so they were in affliction, the abundance of their joy, that's almost oxymoron, and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Their position of being poor helped them to be generous. And that's how God does it. The <sighs> There's a truth in Scripture many times when he talks about uh, what, what might seem to us this way, and he turns around and uses it, and, and, and use it in a way that we don't even comprehend. Things like uh, this idea, uh, for us to live, we must die. For us to live, truly, we must die. For us to find our life, we must lose it. And so those, uh, those truths are littered in Scripture. When I am weak, then I am strong. 
That's a whole truth to be studied just in those different truths. And one of them is this. Right here, we're reading it. How in the world can somebody in affliction be overjoyed? And how somebody that is in poverty can be generous, can be liberal. Verse number three, and here's the clue for us. For their power, I bear record, yea. They started with what they could do within themselves. For their power, and, I, and, I, and God is very reasonable to us that he does start us with that. He asked Moses, and Moses was, was having an issue, and God is revealing to Moses his plan for him, and is now recruiting him for this great service that Moses is about to do. And Moses had reasons to not be used. Oh, I have a problem with my tongue. I, I am this and that. And what God said to him is, at the end of it, to show him how God is so great, he didn't have to come up with anything that he didn't already have. God says, what is that in thine hand? Let me show you what I could do, what, what you already have. And so here's what we start here, verse number three, for to their power. For to their power, and that's where we all can start. All of us can start with what we have. I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Before they were willing to give beyond their power, they were willing to give within their power. Verse 4, praying us with much entreaty, and let me pause a second here, and that's why it doesn't matter the amount. Because all of us might start with a little, but if we can trust God with a little, what is to say for us that we couldn't trust him with more? If he gets us when there's little, I probably, a good, good chance, he'll get us with more. And a lot of our excuses, well, I can't give the little I have. I need to have more. If I have more, then I can start giving. And that's totally a lie. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, it starts with you. They were willing of themselves. Verse 4, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. They were, they were very uh, passionate about Paul getting a gift from them. They asked, praying is, ask, is asking, and praying us with much entreaty, with much passion. This is something very serious to them, that they would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministering to the saints. And so we find that here. The Macedonian Christians gave from a passionate heart. This wasn't giving that was prompted by guilt or expectation of others. They just had it in them. It was in their heart. They wanted to do it. How did they have such a passion for giving? Well, let's go to letter A. How did they have such a passion for giving? Now we go to letter A. If you were not here earlier, the first point is passion, their passion for giving. Letter A now, it was developed by God's grace. So your blank there is G-R-A-C-E. G-R-A-C-E, grace. It is the grace of God that he gives us both, I'm sorry, it is the grace of God that gives us 
both the desire and the ability to give to him. So the acquiring of what to give, the idea of I need to give and I want to give comes from God. And then the ability to give that desire comes from the Lord. One of my verses that I appreciate is in Psalms 37, verses 4 and 5, right? That's the verse that I, uh, I look to as, as something that is dear to my heart. It says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Trust also in him. Uh, and uh, I mess up verse 5. Let me go there for a second. Proverbs 37. It's familiar to most of us, I believe. Uh, Psalms, I should say. Psalms 37. And verses uh, 4 and 5. Psalms 37, 4 and 5. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And so we find the desire comes from God, and the ability to fulfill the desire is also from God. And so we find that here in this thought of verse number 1 of Second Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, we do to with the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. And there's the key phrase, the grace of God. The generous giving of these believers was empowered not by guilt or ulterior motives, but by God's grace. Grace is a disposition in our heart created by the Holy Spirit. And God gives us that ability, that desire, first of all, and then the ability to do that. We do not manufacture grace. The verse says that the grace of God was bestowed on the churches. Bestowed means something that is supplied or furnished. Simply put, God gave them the desire to give. Likewise, when you and I give to the Lord, it's not of us. It's all of God. It is his spirit that moves our hearts to give to him. There's no other way to give but to give just like that. Look at verse 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verse number 7. It says, therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, utterance, knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. And what we're talking about here in context is giving. And so all of these things in Christianity must be done through the grace of God. Having faith, utterance, speaking truth, knowledge, knowing God, and in all diligence in the things that we do, uh, that we should do heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, that all must be done through grace and to love. To love, God has to give us the ability to love one another. And so on all of these characteristics of a Christian that we ought to be, giving is also a grace that God has to bestow upon us. It's a gift that we must desire from him. Authentic church life that can only be developed by the grace of God. All right? Faith, witness, discipleship, godly relationships, worship, prayer, and service. Even so, 
We need God's grace in the area of giving as well. 2 Corinthians, the next chapter here, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 8. Uh, it's in your notes, I believe. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And like I said last week in Sunday morning, the problem with giving is your heart. It has nothing to do with ability. It all has to do with your surrender and the choice to let God move upon you to give you a desire because upon giving you a desire, he will give you the ability to perform the desire he gave. That's clear in scripture. So the problem is not God. He's not him. It is us. And note this. I mentioned earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, the Macedonian churches, you find, for some reason, this equation. Poverty plus the grace of God equals generosity. And you read that, as I read it to you earlier in verse number 1, I'm sorry, verse number 2, and their poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Why? Verse number 1, because the grace of God was bestowed upon them. So there is no boasting in heaven. The Macedonian and Philippi church is not going to come around us and say, look at what we have done. They're not going to do that. Because they realize it wasn't through them that they gave. They got the truth that it was through God's grace and his power working in their life because they simply yielded and said, we're willing vessels. And you can get glory from our life. Because we're simply going to yield these things unto you. And so in heaven, there'll be no boasting. There'll be no Macedonian churches coming to us and boasting and say, hey, look at what we've done compared to what you have done. That's not going to happen in heaven. We're just going to see what God did through them. And we're going to feel if we are not uh, in the same boat, in the same mindset, in the same spirit as them, we might feel a little bit of... Man, I wish I could have done that. And so don't wait. Correction can happen today. If you're not in that spirit of giving like the Bible tells us, very clear. And there's plenty of uh, uh, human examples. Well, let's get it corrected. Let's the Holy Ghost move upon us and teach us if we're wrong in areas. Are you giving because you're being guilt trip? Don't. That was very clear Sunday morning last week. Don't give it. If you feel like you're just giving it because, well, everybody's giving, so I'm going to look like an unspiritual person if I don't. No, don't, don't, please don't. Don't do it that way. Or maybe you're wanting to give to have a, 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 a glory that maybe others might give you and say, what a giver. And uh, I hope that's not the case. I hope it's just because you really love God. Is because you have a heart for God, and God is in you, and you say, God, I'm going to just give out of a heart of love. These Christians started with poverty, but when God's grace was included, they gave generously. We, not, we might not be starting with poverty, or maybe we are, but regardless of our financial status, We need only God's grace to enable us 
to give generously. We need God's grace. Guilt-motivated giving may produce finances, but it will likely also produce bitterness. And God clearly tells us don't give grudgingly. Don't do anything because you're motivated to look good, but you really have frustrated and say, I don't really want to do this, but I have to do this. And I have to be careful now uh, to, to discern duty and just looking good, appearing godly in front of people. There's a balance in there you have to learn. I have to do things maybe I don't want to do out of sheer character and duty, and I must do those things. I'm not trying to tell you, well, well, you always have to enjoy everything you're doing necessarily, because at times your flesh, it's not enjoying it. Even correction, God says, is grievous at times. But So you have to discern between, the, between those two, but, but, uh, but then at one point or another, your Christianity, because God is so good, it has to be at some time you're actually enjoying it. It can't be the whole time out of duty. Can I say that at least? Can that make sense a little bit to you? Like if, if you're finding yourself going to church, reading your Bible, praying every day, and for a long period, almost all your Christianity, you find that you're only doing it because of sheer duty. Something is wrong. Something is dead wrong. There's sometimes I do it out of duty, but the times, man, the, the joy of the Lord comes sweeping, and it is, it is wow. It is, it is for real good. I love it. And so mind that in your heart. Guilt-motivated giving may produce finances, but it will likely also produce bitterness. Greed-motivated giving generates unrealistic expectation. Stop listening to those preachers that tell you to give so that you can get. All right? Greed-motivated giving generates unrealistic expectations. When people give because they want to obligate God to materially give back to them, I think we miss the joy of giving altogether. God does not promise to give to those who give. God, I'm sorry, does promise to give to those who give, but it might not be in financial ways that he returns our giving. It might not be financially. God wants his people's giving to be motivated by the Holy Spirit's prompting in our hearts. And so uh, it must be Mark 12, 41 to 44. Mark 12, 41 to 44. <clears throat> We discussed this last Sunday morning. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and threw in two mites which make a farting. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which had cast into the treasury spiritually. She gave more, although the amount she did not give the most. Verse 44, for all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. 
That's why I can't preach that to you. I can't tell you give all that you have. That's not my place. That's between you and the Holy Ghost. I don't dictate to anybody what to give. I can't make you sacrifice because I'm not your God. That's between you and God. Now, I can motivate you by my own life. And I can exhibit sacrificially. I can demonstrate that because nobody can stop me as we preached last Sunday morning. Nobody can stop me because it's between me and God. And so be mindful now if you are being, be careful with your spirit as you see others give apparently to the point that it hurts them. Be careful with your judgment now. Let it be between them and God. It has nothing to do with you. If God has not moved you, then keep your mouth closed and do what God says for you to do. That's how we do it. It's a personal thing. I'm not going to come around and tell you, well, I gave this much. You should do the same. I'm out of bounds as a preacher if I do that. I'm out of bounds as a preacher if I do that. Because giving has nothing to do with me in you. It all has to do with you and your God. And you have to give what God wants you to give. Now, if I look at it and say, whoa, I might, I might say something because I'm a human being, and I'm going to say it privately to you, maybe careful now, don't give, you know, foolishly. And there's some people that are get emotional, and there is no Holy Spirit leading. I can understand that. We can get hyped up in emotion. We're that close. Oh, Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. Whoa, 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 wait a second. Emotion is not the, 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 the basis for what we're given. It has to be the Holy Ghost. All right? So understand that point. And, and some of us have friends here that are dear to each other. And so you could be mindful to, to remind them, hey, uh, let's look at biblical giving. Let's not look at it from a fleshly mind point. And just because you're emotionally stirred up, we're going to just go ahead and go into that and give. Right, I can advise that. I can't advise that. Uh, you have to be careful. All right. Real giving that truly honors God is giving that is motivated by God's grace bestowed in our hearts. Generous giving to the Lord is developed by God's grace. Now we move on to our second point. We move on to our second point here. It's demonstrated by God's people. Demonstrated by God's people. P-E-O-P-L-E. That's the second point about this passion that we have. It is uh, developed by God's grace and is demonstrated by God's people. And so one of these days, we're going to have a testimony time. And we're going to hear our brothers and sisters in this church that we, we worship together with the Lord. And I, I will encourage us to come up with a testimony, not to brag on ourselves, but to brag on God and the idea of giving. Because a lot of times we live our lives independently of each other, and we don't get to see some of these things. And so the church provides us a platform where we can hear what happened to Mrs. Cole. We could hear what happened to Mrs. Uh, Doctor. We can hear what happens to Brianna. And I'm not picking anybody in particular, but you can hear them. Otherwise, you would not have known. And let the Redeemer, the Lord, the Lord say so. And so that we can see this truth that we're about to talk about, that this grace giving is demonstrated by God's people. People really get a hold of this, and they do it in their life, 
And we can rejoice in seeing God provide them, not, again, necessarily material things, but even more than that. Sometimes giving can produce a broken relationship to be restored. And, uh, and, and other things that money cannot buy. Okay? Would you like to see God do more through you for the glory of God that you can do yourself? Would you like to be able to look back at what God's grace has enabled you to give and clearly see that it was his doing in your life? Although the Macedonian Christians were in great poverty themselves, they had an overwhelming desire to give. And again, we find that to be developed by the, God, by the grace of God. 2 Corinthians 8, 3-5 to shows us three reasons why they gave. So we're still in 2 Corinthians. We're going to look at some of this. Number one is they had a willing hearts. They had willing hearts. W-I-L-L-I-N-G. Look at verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 8. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing. They were willing of themselves. It's a choice that they made for themselves. Not motivated by guilt or the expectation that they found from other people, but it was from their heart. Sacrificial giving can only begin with a willing heart. Truthfully, it doesn't matter what we have or don't have as long as we're willing to give it. And that is the focus of giving in, in scriptural basis, in biblical terms. It doesn't never is the matter of the amount you have or the lack of it, but you're willing to give whatever you have. Some of the most faith-filled givers are children. All right, and we see that, and I see that among my own children. Even if they don't have, they're not even worried about <laughs> I'm worried about them. Like, are you sure you want to give that every week? Yeah, we're sure. <sighs> All right, let's, uh, let's talk about this second. So what, what happens when you don't have the money to give that? Who are you going to ask? And they got that, that cute grin and laugh. Well, well you, Daddy. <sighs> I knew that was where it's going to go. And I explained to them, I, I understand that because I'm a picture in your life of how you should have it transferred later to the God of heaven. And, and for all of us adults, that's exactly should be our answer. How am I going to give this? Who gave him that desire? It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't us that, that gave that desire to our children. The only thing I could uh, put in my mind is they're coming to church. And they're listening to the preaching themselves. They're listening to their teacher downstairs. They're listening to their Sunday school class. They read their Bible. They, they get preaching. And as far as I know, they know the Lord. They profess salvation in Christ. And so as far as I know, it was God and them that came up with those numbers. And so I say, well, just as long you know that ultimately I'm not the one giving this for you. You have to give what God gives to you, and he will provide maybe through me and your mom, but he will provide other people to give to you so that you can give that desire. And I've seen that already in their life. And I'm excited for them because they learned it very young. 
And I think it will be a success uh, in their life if they continue doing that. <clears throat> Sacrifice can only be in a willing heart. Truthfully, it doesn't matter what we have or don't have as long as we're willing to give it. And children are some of the most faith-filled givers. Even if they don't have the wherewithal to give, they want to. Ephesians 5.1. Be therefore followers of God as dear children. Number two, ministering hearts. They had a willing heart. They had a ministering heart. All right? M-I-N-I-S-T-E-R-I-N-G. Ministering hearts. Look at verse number four of 2 Corinthians 8. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship. Let's join together now. That's the idea of fellowship. Let's join with somebody else. Let's together... They want to join in the ministering to the saints. All right? The Christian of Macedonia connected their giving with the benefit. It would be to God's work and to God's people. They wanted to use their resources to invest in ministering to others. Giving is an investment in eternity. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. You can send it ahead. Matthew 6, 19 and 20, it's in your notes. Lay not for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust that corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust that corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Three. Three. Sacrificial hearts. Sacrificial hearts. They had a willing heart. They had a ministering heart. They had a sacrificial heart. This is how they demonstrated their giving. Look at 2 Corinthians 8 and verse number 5. It says, And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave themselves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. They first gave their own selves, and that is sacrificial. You will never be consistent in grace-motivated giving, until you have given yourself completely to the Lord. When Christians say, Lord, all that I am and all that I have includes your cars, includes your bank accounts, includes your property, includes your stocks, everything belongs to you. All right? That's what that means. They will give with a passionate heart in response to the specific promptings of the Holy Spirit. Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Someone said it this way, quote, Money is so intimately related to the possessor that we cannot give money without giving ourselves. Money is so intimately related to the possessor that we cannot give money without giving ourselves. Grace-filled giving, and will be done, grace-filled giving always comes back to the issues of the heart. The Macedonian Christian had hearts that through God's grace were developed as willing, ministering, and sacrificial hearts. Thus, they gave to the Lord with joyful passion. And we look at these verses and we say, how can I have that heart? Well, you have the Holy Ghost. 
Have you not received grace yourself? Who hasn't received grace? If you're saved, you have been given grace. Right? So you have the ability. You have the Holy Spirit instigator to will in you of his good pleasure. The Holy Ghost is inside of you. So, the only really problem is this. If you really want to do it. And it'll be evident what you choose. Can I say it again? It'll be evident in your life what you choose. For out of the issues of the heart, the mouth, for out of the abundance of the heart, I should say, the mouth speaketh. Lord, we are done this Sunday school hour. Thank you, Lord, for the truth we've heard. I pray that it would be a ministering, a willing and a passionate, Lord, a sacrificial heart we have in this idea of giving. Truly, it is a heart issue more than a financial issue. Help us, our church. We're closing down now to our goal, about 340,000 now and 60 cards. I have a couple more cards that came in here in my pocket. Lord, this is our last day in October. Lord, I pray that you'd work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen. You are dismissed. And may I tell you, you have 13 minutes.